You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Angelina Martin and Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. This is a very joyous episode. We're very happy today, this whole week, for good reason, and we'll be talking about it in this episode. But actually, we're also very excited because my co-host here, who I'm joined by, Angie, you reached 5K. Congratulations. How does it feel to be a celebrity? Thank you. It's a big day for me. Um, No, like I feel so lame talking about that. But dude, I love Twitter. Like, so when people like are like "Mm, interested in what you have to say, like, I'm just like, oh my God, like same. So uh, yeah, that was that was a cool thing today. But yeah, joyous, just joyous all around. Yeah, for sure. Um, but before we get into talking about the game, um, we have some pretty good this week in 49ers history. Yes, so maybe. Angie, go ahead, take us away. All right. You know the drill. This week in 49ers history on January 15th, 1995. I was uh, like one and a half years old, just a wee babe. The 49ers beat the Cowboys 38 to 28 in the NFC Championship game on their way to their fifth Super Bowl appearance and win and uh sadly we are still on a quest for six so fun fun factoid but also like we've been on this quest for six for a while let's kick it into high gear right um also the uh, actually today january 19th is a great day for 49er fans because on january 19th 2020 as we all know the 49ers defeated the green bay packers in the nfc championship game i was there it was amazing and as we all know the reason they were able to do that was because of running back raheem mostert looking back at his stats from this game it's just like you know he had a good game but when you see it on paper it's like holy crap he had 220 yards and four touchdowns like he went god mode on this game yeah not (laughs) not beast mode not savage mode god mode uh insane that was that was such a great day so i think it's funny um these two little tidbits of history dude why do i always call them tidbits that kills me it just comes out of my mouth um so yeah these little these little fun throwbacks weird because niners just beat the cowboys um so pretty timely and i mean it's playoffs so there's gonna be you know, rivalry memories, but, and then we got the Packers this weekend. So let's see if we can duplicate that, uh, the 2020 results that we saw. So I'm stoked. We've all seen Raheem Moser had that touchdown celebration where he like surfs, you know, yes. he, d- he stands up and does a little like surfing celebration. I I would love to see Elijah Mitchell or Debo Samuel participate like, in oh, yeah. that uh, touchdown celebration. I think that'd be a great ode to Raheem Moser. Yeah, pay him a little tribute. Um, so if you're listening, go tweet that then so they do it. That would be sick. I like that idea. Um, so, all right, let's hop into the news before the game. Big news, Debo Samuel and Trent Williams, as you all probably know, they made the AP team, first, sorry, AP first team all pro uh, for the first time in their careers. It was a pretty big deal. Debo is only the fourth wide receiver to be named all pro. Um, he's on a great list of names, Jerry Rice, Terrell Owens, Gene Washington, and Dwight Clark. So, um, and he actually ties Dwight Clark with one right now. So I think we're going to see a few more from Debo. So safe to say he is, uh, yeah, fingers crossed, having quite the career. 
And we have to talk about the Bosa snub, right? That was um, the talk of the town. What did you think when you saw that Nick Bosa was not an all pro, not even on the second team? Like, uh, right at the, at the very least, like I understand first team. Okay. Like he had a, you know, his, his second half of the season wasn't quite as loud as the first, right. Um, you know, for a variety of reasons. Um, but you know, he should have at least gotten that, that second team, man. And it's just atrocious that Max Crosby got more votes than him. Like what even is that? So, I mean, I like that Nick Bosa would be playing with a chip on his shoulder though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he definitely did this past weekend. He killed it until he had to come out of the game. That sucked. We'll talk about that. Um, but Max Crosby is a great football player, right? And, you know, if Nick Bosa didn't exist, he would deserve to be on the all pro team. But unfortunately, like <laughs> Nick Bosa exists and you can go. It's really easy to go on Google and compare their stats. And it's just atrocious they're not putting him on the all team they're calling him joe bosa on the broadcast so uh, i think nick bosa is going to be playing double angry this weekend um if if he's in the game so uh moving on i got on my my soapbox there we had some players returning um aziz al shair returned after being out for a few weeks with his elbow injury so that was huge especially seeing fred warner go down like it's nice to have aziz back both teams were healthy coming into the game. It showed on the field, maybe not so much for the Cowboys, but 49ers played pretty well. And the 49ers, I think this is crazy. They were the healthiest they've been since week one. Um, that that was bizarre to me. Like, it's been another injury-ridden season, right? Right, yeah. It was great to see, <laughs> though. I mean, if there's any time to get healthy again, it's in the playoffs and these big games. So before we get into it, I know you didn't put it in our our notes, but we have to talk about the fact that you were at the game. <laughs> yes, I was at the game. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. Cowboys fans are were actually pretty nice, like just a lot of friendly banter and Jerry World. I have to say is an amazing, amazing stadium as advertised. Like it is, it is huge. That screen is otherworldly is it was just a, a great time. And to, just to be in that atmosphere with so many other 49er fans, you might've seen the video I posted of the March. We literally marched from like our tailgate lot to the stadium all together. It was incredible. I, I knew at that point we were going to have some numbers in that crowd and, and that we did. And I'm just glad that we got to see a win in this game. Uh, the 49ers beat the Cowboys 23-17. A matchup, by the way, that drew 41.5 million viewers between the CBS and Nickelodeon broadcasts. Which which one did you tune into, Angie? <laughs> <laughs> I watched the regular one. I don't mean to be like... Um, like a fun sucker but I just like to watch my football it's cute I like watching the videos of like the slime cannons and stuff on Twitter but and if I had kids like 100% would throw on the Nickelodeon I know some people were tweeting that like their kids were loving it um but no I, I watched the the regular broadcast but I did joke that I was gonna switch to Nickelodeon after they kept calling Nick Bosa Joey Bosa on CBS so uh <laughs> yeah I, Sorry don't to know. I don't know how they did that 
it's like they're both good within their own right. It's like how how do you mess that up? Well, I'm and sorry. here's the thing, because right, I I'm also a reporter, but in a different sense. I've done live shots and stuff before. And like, yeah, you totally do like have vomit of the mouth or like brain farts where you think you're gonna say one thing and then a completely different thing comes out, but like I don't know. He's the star of the team, like one of the stars of the team, one of the best players in the NFL. Like you did it twice, man. Like this is your one job. I don't know. I don't want to be too hard on her because like been there, right? We all make mistakes, but like, oh, it was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah. That, it was a little rough. So did you know the 49ers were the only wildcard team to make it through to the divisional round? I'm sure you, you knew that. You might know that. I did not know that. That's crazy. Yep. And and only road team to win yeah. in wildcard weekend. Now that did not surprise me. Um, that's actually, I think that's my fast fact later. But yeah, that was really cool to see that they were the only only road team. <laughs> um, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. I, I have stats, I have numbers. She Don't has worry more. about it. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I did not, I did not know that. Thank you, Seth. And a, another cool little stat because we we just love to throw jabs at the Cowboys as we've been all this weekend. We smoke <laughs> in that Cowboys pack all week. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo now has more playoff wins than the Cowboys franchise does since the year 2000. Does that surprise you at all? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I bag on them a little bit more? Also, did you know that the Cowboys have not been to the NFC Championship game in 26 years? Like, Sheesh. which is that? Oh my God, is that our this week in 49ers history? Was that the last year that? No. Yes. Nineteen. No. Don't ask me to do math. Nineteen ninety-five. Wait. No, don't make me do math. I should. I should have just. I'm kept, no like... mathematician. <laughs> <laughs> No math oh my major. god! <laughs> no math major. I'm gonna die. <laughs> oh, I'm no doctor. All right. Well, major. anyway, we'll 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 keep it moving here. But um, from what I saw in this game, I just want to talk really quickly about that very first drive. Like, what were your thoughts going into the game? Because you know, there's always um, nervousness, you know, anxiousness as soon as the game starts. But, you know, once they get rolling, once they get some first downs, you start to feel good. And, of course, once they got that first touchdown, it really felt like, okay, like, they got this. So how would you feel after that first masterful drive? Oh, my God. It felt like lightning bolts were shooting through my body, right? Like, exactly what you said. You don't know what to expect. It's it's an NFC wildcard game against, you know, one of the best teams this year, one of the best defenses. Um so, and you never know like which Jimmy you're going to get. Right. So it was awesome to just come out and see that first drive. And it was really just a 49ers opening drive. I mean, they ran the ball, Jimmy made some nice throws and it ended up in a touchdown. So you can't ask for anything more than that. I was excited. I honestly, those seven points, obviously we saw at the end of the game ended up being huge. Um, so that opening drive was everything. Yeah, it definitely was. Going back to a question that Ryan asked, how was Papa, as in Greg Papa? I loved seeing him rock the chains. Dude, Greg Papa was fucking awesome. Like, he, <laughs> he, so he came to the, 
the same restaurant or bar, whatever, where the 49ers invasion took place. He got there like after, you know, the invasion time, but there were still a lot of fans. So um, he was just soaking up all the attention, dude. Like he, he did not shy away from taking pictures. He didn't look bothered at all from people going up to him. Like this dude just, it looked like he loved the attention and he was just soaking up all the fun. Um, so it, it was great to meet him and, and get a picture, especially with him with all the chains. That was actually, that was a pretty iconic, if I must say so. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm pretty shot. sure every Niner fan saw that video. So shout out to, <laughs> shout out to Steph for going viral. All about that content, baby. Let's go. <laughs> I tried. Awesome. I tried to get as much uh, <laughs> good content out there as I could. Um, but the the 49ers definitely provided us with some good content to talk about this week. Did you know the Cowboys came into this game with the league's number one offense? You might have figured that. I mean, they're a really good, high-powered offense. They led the league in points per game with 31.2. And they were first in yards per game with 407. That That's not a low number. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of yards per game to average. And, I mean, I'm just – I came away from this game very impressed with the 49ers defense, as I have been for several games now. Yeah. They held the Cowboys to 270 passing yards and just 17 points, which is huge considering, you know, what I just mentioned – um, and their leading receiver was Dalton Schultz, which is a huge win because you don't want Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb beating you, right? Cooper was held at 64 yards, CeeDee Lamb just 21. CeeDee Lamb was on an island. I, yeah. I don't know where he was at. He was on an island somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I was just impressed by this game. Um, I really want to say that the 49ers won this game in the trenches, Right. Like agreed. What what did you think about the defensive line and their performance in this game? Yeah. I mean, just like you said, they were one of the main reasons that the 49ers were able to win this game. Um, and then, you know, to do what they did in the second half with Nick Bosa going out and still, you know, dominate and and make sure that the 49ers won that game. It went from, you know, helping them win it in the first half to you know, fighting for their lives to make sure that the 49ers won it in the second half. Um, I think the real telling thing was that the pass rush did affect the passing game. Dak Prescott is one of the best passing quarterbacks in the NFL, right? And Brandon Ayuk had more, no, he didn't have more. He almost had as many catches and yards, catches and yards as CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. So that just shows you right there, you know, the way they were able to just stop all of those weapons that Dallas has, um, it all starts with the pass rush. Yeah, definitely. One quick question from Karthik. He asks, uh, Stefan Angie, do you think we can call D'Amico better than Sala? Just a thought. It's only been a year. I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, if he keeps up this trajectory, like, I'm sure it'll get there. I'm sure he'll get there. I'm sure he will be. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Because, you know, Sala started out much, 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 much worse than D'Amico Ryans is right. starting out. And right. look how he ended up. So if we go based off of that, then, you know. 
Right. If, well. if, if there's more room for him to improve, yeah. I think, you know, in a few years we might be saying this, but yeah, I agree. It's, it might be a little too early to say, um, I'm just enjoying the D'Amico Ryan's experience. It's been amazing. And yeah, like in his first year to be doing this already, I would say, um, D'Amico Ryan's in his first year is right now how they're playing is probably better than not better, but just about the same level as Robert Sala was at his, his peak. Would you say? Yeah, it's probably close. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would, I don't know if I'd say better. It's hard. It's hard. That's it's hard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> his defense was really good, man, but yeah, like nothing but excitement um, about this assistant coaching position, which coming into the season, we had no idea. We weren't really sure if it was going to go well. So like, what more could you ask for? Yeah, definitely. 49ers defensive line, as you can see, their last few games, their pressure rate is way up there, over 40% in the last six games. That's incredible. They held Dallas to 77 rushing yards. They had five total sacks in this game, as well as three tackles for loss. Um, It was just an incredible accomplishment. Uh, and they finished with 31 total pressures um, on 25 of Dak's 52 dropbacks. So Dak was throwing quite a bit in this game. They had the 48.1% pressure rate in this game against Stafford last week. They had the 48.6. So if they can yeah. keep this trend going, I I like to see what they can do. You know, it seems like they're they're playing out of their minds right now. Credit to Mika D'Amico and of course Chris. Coast Ridge. And we heard a lot about uh, Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith coming into this game as well. Um, but he actually, he struggled in this game. He allowed seven pressures. Um, do you think that has more to do with the defensive line? Or do you think that this was simply a bad game by him or maybe both? And it's the best defensive line in the NFL. So you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have some, some trouble with it probably. And that's just my opinion. I, that's not based in fact. If you're coming on the show for a lot of facts from me, I don't know. <laughs> but um, that's the way I feel. If you know, if I, I would probably have a bad game against them too. Yeah, and and so that, I guess kind it, of both. The the line caused him to have a bad game. <laughs> right. Right. Um, well, the bad game for the offensive line, or the good game from the 49ers defensive line, definitely translated to. Dak Prescott having a bad game under pressure. He was six of 17, 71 yards and one one interception, 24.4 passer rating. It's bad. 24.4. Uh, <laughs> you can tell, you can tell he was feeling a little bad after the game too. I mean, he, uh, he was unwell. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Talking reckless about the refs. And... So reckless, <laughs> reckless. And it took him two days to come out and be like, mm, actually, maybe don't throw trash at the refs. Like what? That was crazy. And still, and still couldn't even like admit any fault. And, and even Mike McCarthy couldn't admit any fault, even still, Dude, after all he, of the criticism they got, yeah. and rightfully so, they still could not say, like, you know, that was bad on, on my part. Like, we haven't heard that. So you got to feel for Cowboys fans. We got plenty of good memes um, yeah. from 
from the weekend, uh, my favorite one was the girl who was crying. I don't know why she was crying. Like, it's not that serious. What was Dude. your favorite meme, Angie, if you had one? Um, oh, man. Maybe the guy with his side chick. Yeah. Have you seen that one? That's yes. pretty funny. Um, just because, number one, they're Cowboys fans and they look hella sad, like funny from the get-go. And then you learn the backstory. This clown's, like, just standing at the middle of like an NFL game with his side chick, like looking morose, like, I don't know, you got caught cheating on Nickelodeon. So that's the funniest, that's the funniest meme to me. <laughs> that was like insane. Um, and then I, back to Mike McCarthy, like not taking, you know, credibility today, they asked him if he went back and, you know, watched the game and would he do anything different? He's like, no, I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's like what are you again like, what are you even what and are then, you even doing and then he said um he said he hasn't watched it yet but he does think that they did the right thing um you know on their last drive he wouldn't have done it differently and that he Dak is coached to hand the ball to the center so it's like so you're coaching him wrong someone I mean someone's getting coached wrong right because I remember <laughs> I remember they referenced there was a lot of reference about Larry Fitzgerald right and in um it, coincidentally it was a game against the 49ers that Larry Fitzgerald in the final seconds you know he caught the ball inbounds and he runs over gives it to a center um which some people I think at first had remembered that he handed it to the ref. He did not hand it to the ref. Actually, he handed it to him to his center. Um, his center then gave it to the ref who was right there. He was right in front of the offensive line. I will say that it was a bit okay. odd. It was a bit odd to me that the ref was so far downfield. Like what was he doing? So that dude had a, <laughs> he ran like 20 plus yards just to get to the line. Like what he was, was he doing? He was doing his best stuff. That's what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> the poor I, guy. I mean, I mean, but uh, it just not even that though. Just the QB draw um, with 14 seconds left was baffling. Terrible. So, like you, you know, just besides even that, you know, ref mishap or, or whatever you want to call it, it was still just poor coaching on <laughs> Mike McCarthy's part. And yeah, which happens to all teams. Yeah. You know, unfortunately it happened to them in a <laughs> playoff game. So Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but let's talk about the offensive line really quick because to me they also had a fabulous game. Was there anything about the offensive line that stood out to you in this game? Yeah, I mean they just played amazing. I mean, the more time Jimmy Garoppolo has, the better. And it, it showed in that first half. They didn't allow him to get sacked. So for a squad that's gotten a lot of flack over the years, I feel like this season they've been pretty top notch for the most part. And I feel like this weekend was, you know, the, the peak, not the peak. I hope they play even better again, you know, this weekend, but like they're, they're just trajectory. Their trajectory is going up every single game. It seems. And it, it showed this weekend. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Tomlinson allowed four pressures, Compton and Brunskill allowed two pressures each. Um, Trent only allowed one, and Alex Mack had a completely 
clean slate. He did not even allow one pressure. So I feel like Alex Mack is just continuing to improve as well. And you mentioned yeah. the trajectory. Hopefully he can continue that. Um, his pass blocking efficiency score uh, per PFF is actually better right now. It's 98.8 than it was in 2016 when he was with the Falcons. Wow. In several years younger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, maybe everyone else around him is just elevating him. The Niners are such a better team that he's just like, damn, I'm going to play. Um, was that for the season or was that for that game? That's for um, I believe that's cumulative for the season. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this it's just so impressive when you see guys playing like this in the playoffs because you're going up against, you know, the best of the best. These are the the teams that made it. So um, hats off to them. I'm not going to take my hat off though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, with a great <laughs> offensive line performance, the 49ers were able to run the ball and quite successfully as well. They ran the ball 38 times, an absurd amount. Love that. Need more of it. And they had, they gained 169 yards on those rushes. Um, they are now 23 and one since 2019 when they run the ball 30 plus times. Hat tip to Jordan for tweeting that one out. That was yeah. a cool tidbit, as you would say. At splash cousin, splash underscore cousin, who also just hit 5K um, like the day before me. We were like, we had a little race going on. So that was <laughs> funny. But um, really quick, I seriously do want to shout him out really quick. Not that he's like watching or anything, but like, when we met him a year ago, I think he had like 400 Twitter followers and yeah. now he has 5,000 in a year, which like he just puts out the best content, like the objective, like if you want to get smarter, go follow Jordan. Just real quick plug for my guy. The dude just has stats like oozing mm-hmm. out of him. Like his his uh, his Twitter is just a, a wealth of knowledge, actually. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. love following him. Yeah, um, shout out to him for... Um, tweeting that stat out 23 and one when they run the ball 30 plus that's actually unreal like that just I mean if that doesn't speak volumes of this running game that Kyle Shanahan has put together like I mean fear it I would (laughs) fear them fear it yes fear (laughs) them dude fear (laughs) them no matter who they have at running back but it helps me have studs which they do it's just insane Speaking of of studs, um, the studdest of all, uh, Trent Williams, he <laughs> had his he enjoyed his first playoff win. Could you believe that for someone who's as talented as he is? And by the way, like we mentioned, the All Pro that it was his first time. That one I'm like shocked by because right. he's so good. But I'm just I'm happy for him that he was he he got to taste his first playoff win. It was shocking to me because we, when we talk about Trent Williams, we're like future Hall of Famer Trent Williams. Like it's a, it's a no brainer. Um, So to, to see that he's never even been on a team that's won a playoff game, it's kind of mind blowing um, because in other, like ball, right. Like um, your accolades and your championships and how many world series you won and everything. Those are huge, you know, when, writers are considering voting for you in the hall of fame. So it's cool how in football, like they actually just look at the the skill of the player and, you know, uh, like 
we can easily say he's a Hall of Famer without even having won a Super Bowl, which I think is really cool. Says a lot about him. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. And he's also this probably, I hate the word like swaggy or like swaggy, but mm-hmm. he, he's definitely, okay, Trip, the trippiest, swaggiest yes. offensive Absolutely. lineman this, I would this marry him. game <laughs> this game has ever seen. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you guys saw what he was wearing for his uh, post-game presser. The dude is just, he's dripping drip, like, yeah i'm so glad he's on our team (laughs) if you can rock a monochrome outfit like you're sick as fuck like i'm just that's that's it that's all there is to it so shout out trent williams for his play his drip his energy uh we got to talk really quick about that picture of him pointing and laughing at the cowboys fans flipping him off i mean if you couldn't tell that he was enjoying his first playoff win like that picture just says it all yeah, it truly does. Amin asks, Amin, uh, Trent or Debo, who is the best player on the Niners? Ooh. Trent. I mean, I think Trent, right? yeah. Uh, Trent objectively is probably the best player on this team. That guy dominates every, like, almost literally every single snap. Like, there's exactly. Y- you'd be hard pressed to find a snap but, where he is not winning. Yeah, like Debo, I feel like Debo also is just like contributing every snap, which is insane. Like the fact that he can go from being in the backfield and like having a 20 yard run. And then, you know, the next play he's like out there running routes and then he's back in the backfield again. Like most running backs come in, run the ball, and then they get to come out, you know, for a second. But Debo is just bam, 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 like working his ass off out there. Yeah. He's, he's definitely taken his game to another level. Like at, it's evident in, you know, when you watch the game and, you know, no matter who you think the best player on the 49ers is between these two, it's a good sign that we can even ask these questions, right? Cause it, mm-hmm. it just means that both of these players are, are playing at a really high level. And so, you know, it, it's a good discussion to have always before we go to the next segment, I just really want to ask you, was there any point in this game that you felt like, was a big turning point, good or bad in this game? Um, Probably Jimmy Garoppolo's interception followed by the Fred Warner injury. <laughs> that was yeah. like, yeah. that was just, I mean, every 49er game, honestly, this season has really stressed me out, but that was the most stressful sequence of events I've probably ever I don't know if I want to say ever, but like, especially this season, we'll say that was very stressful. And I mean, of course we saw uh, what happened after that. I mean, the game was in within reach after that. So I didn't like that. That was my bad. I didn't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not, not at all. Um, For me and, and shout out to um, Nikki Javala who tweeted this. She pointed out this sequence there was a sack by DJ Jones, followed yeah, by that was huge. Kwan Williams interception, followed by, as we know, Debo Samuel's touchdown. That was a, like, it, I wouldn't say it's a turning point, but it was it was a point in the game where I really felt like they were going to win. Like I immediately texted, uh, you know, my buddy who was at the game, and I was like, you 
should we grab a drink? Like <laughs> I'm ready to start <laughs> celebrating. Um, he's like, we need, we need to score three here. Like af- after that. And I was like, okay, yeah. you're right. And he no, was that- right. Um, <laughs> so that touchdown, um, you could tell it just, you know, for a moment there deflated the Cowboys. Um, oh, it, it, was, it was that <laughs> final nail in the coffin, you know, and that, that sack by DJ Jones, like anytime DJ Jones does anything, I'm losing my mind, like, you know, going crazy. Cause I love that guy. I think he's awesome. Um, and he's to see K1 Williams redeem himself uh, for, for blowing the coverage on the touchdown earlier in the game, coming up big with the interception. So you're, you're absolutely correct. I would say that was the best sequence of the game as well. Yeah. I, yeah. I liked yours as well. I think those were two um, of the big turning points. Mine was the good one. Yours was the bad one. We're definitely going to talk more about that Jimmy Garoppolo interception in a bit, but before we do that, I wanted to talk about a couple players whose stonks are up. And if you don't know what stonks is, it's stocks. So any player (laughs) who has their stocks up in this game, who do you want to start with, Angie? Let's start with Debo Samuel. Debo blank check Samuel, I'm assuming, because (laughs) he's going to get paid this offseason, right? I'm just waiting for that that contract uh, to get my Debo jersey. I just want to make sure if I, if for some reason I cannot get a Debo jersey because they don't sign him like I don't even want to talk about it um so I think it's been really really awesome to see how Debo has just grown and developed since he first got here I mean he's you see him on the sideline telling Kyle give me the ball like he's just the straight up leader of the team right yeah that was top 10 49er moments ever for me maybe that was amazing um and then when he was like I told you Kyle and Kyle's like thanks for telling me that was just (laughs) Dude, 10 out of 10. Like, Kyle's hella funny. Unintentionally. Yeah, (laughs) unintentionally, right. Um, He's the first wide receiver since 2006 to get 10-plus carries in a playoff game. Like, there's just one reason to love the guy. Um, 10 carries, 72 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, which – highlight of the game honestly for me personally Uh, even before I saw that that mic'd up moment right um his 72 rushing yards were the most by a wide receiver in NFL postseason history dude this guy has just been breaking records all year long yeah literally every week we have a new cool Debo stat yeah it's like ridiculous at this point yeah and um (laughs) Sunday's game was the fourth time this season that he's averaged seven seven point two card. Oh my god, seven point two yards per carry, and recorded a rushing touchdown in the same game. Shout out Jordan Elliott for that stat. Um, Mike McDa- Mike McDaniel said it best today when he said, "I've been doing this a long time, and I've never, ever, ever, ever been around a football player that called his own shot. That was a special moment that only a special player could do." Uh, hit the nail on the head right and I like how he said never ever 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 giving me Taylor (laughs) Swift vibes there Um, uh, but yeah like is there anything you want to say about Debo I mean what a joy to watch him play yeah I so after watching his mic'd up it's clear to me that he has evolved into a leader um, on that offense and that's infectious, right? Like I feel when, when someone plays with the physicality and and toughness and just the mindset that 
Debo has, I think that really goes a long way with the rest of the team, with the other receivers as well. I just can't say enough about how much he's grown this season. And and that's why I put that note, you know, Debo blank check Samuel, give that man his <laughs> money. Um, yeah. I, at this point, like, I don't care how much it costs. I think Debo Samuel is deserving of that. Yeah, I hope that he's a 49er for life. Like, it would just laugh. It feels so weird to see him somewhere else. So, yeah, it would just it would be wrong. It would yeah. be wrong. Who else is stonking? Um, I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk in this one. He had uh, six receptions for 66 yards. And did you know that during the regular season, the 49ers quarterbacks had their highest passer rating when targeting Ayuk? They had a 118.5 passer rating when targeting him. That does not surprise me at all. Right. Just because of of Debo's emergence as, you know, running back, he's I mean Brandon Ayuk is in a way wide receiver one, right? Like Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. It's a weird weird little situation. <laughs> well, he's definitely he's definitely talented enough to be wide receiver one even if you like yes, obviously Debo is the best we, we can maybe say he's the best uh, uh, playmaker, skill maker, skill maker, skill player um, <laughs> on the offense. But, you know, Ayuk, I think, is, you know, he only plays wide receivers. So I think we can say he's wide receiver one. I yeah. Right. It, that's, that. that's what I was going with. That's what <laughs> I was going for. You said, you said it better than me. <laughs> I'm like, dude, maybe he's wide receiver one. <laughs> Well, no, I mean, you can't call Debo wide receiver one, but because he's, what is it? W, uh, W-R-B. QWRB one. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and I know, so we did um, Jesse's show last night and I, I talked yeah. about this, but Brandon Ayuk has, you know, his skill as a wide receiver is what has allowed them to take Debo out of that position and put him at running back and we've seen that Debo at running back is you know the main reason they're winning games right now he's the x factor so um you know if it weren't for Brandon Ayuk getting out of the doghouse stepping up after that conversation he had with Kyle earlier in the season and and making adjustments I mean now he's out there smoking guys on every route so it's just been great to see yeah, we I mean we saw him going against Diggs. He beat him a couple of times and he also pissed off Micah Parsons um <laughs> with his blocking. So we and that's not the first time he's pissed someone off with his blocking. Like that and that yeah. says a lot about just like his toughness and physicality when he's out there blocking. A very underrated thing that these 49er wide receivers do. Ayuk was also the highest graded 49ers player First Dallas, he had an 83.7 PFF grade. So props to wow. him. Props to him. Um, hopefully and that was, up. yeah, that was the highest grade of any wide receiver over wildcard weekend. So really shout out. Yeah, Sheesh. it was. Yeah. Sheesh. Nice. Yeah. Sheesh. Um, yeah. Like you said, he does it all. He catches, he, he blocks. Apparently he really played be as well. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Give it a try. Just put him I'm out there. Saying. Put him out yeah. there. <laughs> um, yeah, so Ayuk was being a quote-unquote bully on Sunday. Speaking of bullies, we got to we gotta give our flowers to Charles Amenehue. 
I remember when this guy came to the Niners, people were like, mm-hmm. why did we do this? And I, right. I remember being like, people were concerned that he didn't have any sacks. Um, but he mm-hmm. led his team in pressures before he came to the Niners. And I was telling everyone, I was like, pressures are indicators of future success. Like, don't judge a person based just on sacks. Like, look at their pressures. That tells you, that tells you, you know, if they're doing a good job of getting the quarterback and eventually it's going to pay off. It surely has. Um, on Sunday, he had six pressures, one and a half sacks, and only 23 pass rushing snaps. That's a 24% win rate. Um, he also had a forced fumble that was recovered by the Cowboys. Um, and he was monumental, monumental in replacing Nick Bosa in the second half. So, I mean, shout out to him. Thank God they got him. He was acquired ahead of the trade deadline in November uh, for a 2023 sixth round pick. Pennies. Is that a steal? Yeah. Pennies. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a steal, but like, it's funny. Cause like when you look at what he did with the Texans, like that was probably like a good trade. The Texans were probably thinking like, yeah, yeah. we get <laughs> yes. anything for this guy. Well, and you know, like we, like, like we've seen with Arden key, you know, guys just come to the Niners and say, okay, I'm actually going to start playing now. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely like what, what Chris said here, it's credit to, to Kostrich and the way the defensive linemen come to the 49ers in shine. We love to see it. Um, another defensive lineman that I, I have to give flowers to and another another player who didn't always get his flowers because again people look at sacks and you know he he hasn't always been the biggest like sack getter in his career but ever since he's moved to the inside and rushing from the inside he's been very successful and I think it's helped the entire defensive line as well. You probably know who I'm going to say, Eric Armstead. He had uh three pressures um in the game against the Cowboys. He had one sack as well and one tackle for loss. In his last three games, he has four sacks, 13 pressures and 19 total tackles. Um DJ pretty Jones ap- pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. And DJ Jones, after the game, said himself that Eric Armstead is the most important piece of this team. That is high praise. Like, yeah. That's really high Buckner praise. who? <laughs> Sitting we're on fine. the couch somewhere. Yeah, we're I'm fine. I, I, I love Buckner <laughs> as a player, but I'm obviously, uh, you know, really excited to see Eric Armstead really, you know, just – Leading the pack a bit, you know, um, and D'Amico Ryans today said the biggest turnaround of our defense has been Eric Armstead's move inside. I would have to agree. I mean, it just it they they were good before he moved to the inside, but they have been great. Yeah, no, inside. seriously, you could you could see the difference. Honestly, um, they've been just absolutely terrifying um since that happened so he's yeah. absolutely correct right Who yeah would you um, say the next player the next player i believe this is our last one um coming off an amazing play to end the game against the rams he brought that momentum into sunday against the cowboys it's ambry thomas he had the highest pff grade on defense and it was his highest of the season so again look at rookies getting better as the season goes on it's so crazy right 
Yeah, like trajectory. trajectory. I know, dude. Why have I said that so many times tonight? <laughs> it's um, a good word. It is. It stonks is. are up. Stonks, stonks up. are trajecting. <laughs> yeah. Um, they are just trajecting to the moon. I don't even know if trajecting is the word. I sh- I shouldn't embarrass myself like this. Um, so Ambry Thomas was targeted four times, gave up two catches for just 24 yards against uh, some of the best wide receivers in the league. So if you are an Ambry Thomas doubter, I think you have to have had come along by now, right? Like you guys are coming along, right? We're we're jumping on the the wagon. We're we're getting behind Ambry a little. What do you think, Steph? I think it's quiet for the Ambry Thomas doubters. It's real quiet. Which I'm not gonna bash on Ambry Thomas doubters because he was straight doo doo like the for like to start the season, right? Um, but mm-hmm. it's been awesome to see his development, and you know maybe it could turn out to be something awesome for the Niners. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And Angie, you thought that we were done with the stonk up players, but I actually have, I actually have one more. And this one is, this one is going to surprise you. Okay. It's going to surprise you. You ready? All right. Oh God. Oh no. Robbie gold. Oh yes. (laughs) Dude. It's a historic moment on the 49k pod. You know, we, we got to give Robbie gold his flowers. We give him, plenty of shit when he misses a kick okay so when he does really well we gotta give him his flowers robbie gold to me you know has been a a bright spot for the special teams unit um we'll talk a little bit about the not so bright spots of the special teams unit in a bit but um robbie had field goals from 40 yards 52 yards and 53 yards clinic and in clinic and it it really you know when you think about how close the game kind of ended up being you know those field goals really just made a difference in the grand scheme of things and I saw this tweet that someone posted and I did not write their their twitter name down so apologies but Robbie Gold in his postseason career he is 18 of 18 on field goal attempts oh my god so he's he's the real Mr. Clutch (laughs) that's the most makes without a miss in the Super Bowl era in the postseason. So yeah, 18 of 18, (laughs) you got to give him his props and, you know, we just got to hope he, he continues on this tear in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. He's never missed. He's never missed. Is that what you said? Yeah. In the, in the playoffs. That's crazy. Dude, I yeah, would, hopefully that's not he, a, like, he knows that, right? He knows that, right? Like I don't know. I always wonder like, do players keep track of these things? I right. I you know, I'm not sure. I feel like some I players feel like do, some players don't. If I were a player, if I were a kicker and I knew yeah. that, I would fuck it up immediately. Like <laughs> <laughs> So maybe we should like, keep this one under wraps. Dude, yeah, don't we'll tell, tell anyone. Don't tell Rob. Don't tell. Um, that's crazy though good for him i mean uh we love to slander kickers (laughs) specifically robbie gold but good as gold right i wish they would have scored touchdowns um on those three drives but we'll take the threes we'll take the threes for sure better than nothing um better than throwing an interception in you know in the red zone (laughs) absolutely correct um 
So we enjoyed this game, right? I mean, you enjoy this game. You're enjoying this win. Um, yeah, I feel great. <laughs> I mean, at the end, my boyfriend came downstairs and I was sitting on the ground an inch away from the TV, but I'm fine. <laughs> like he was great. actually worried about me. <laughs> I was like this. Like oh watching it, yeah, because I couldn't stop pacing. I was yeah. like, I need to sit down. So then I was so like, at what point? At what point of the game was that? Oh, that just uh, probably the whole fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see, I think that's fair. I think that's fair because things just it did really start to unravel towards it the did. end there. That's fine. Um, and it was a little, it was a little scary. And I know, okay, we are enjoying this win. We're having a great time. Um, you know, we, we spent most of this episode praising all the good, Yeah, but if have. I we've have done really well, but if, if I had to just like, you know, choose some little things to talk about here, because the 49ers now have to face the Packers in Lambeau. Um, the Packers are coming off, uh, you know, some extra rest 49ers coming off a short week. So if, you know, I'm looking at some of the things that I saw in this Cowboys game, there's a couple of things that, you know, I'm not panicking about, but I just want to come and say that, you know, if they, if they make some of these same mistakes against the Packers, I don't think it's going to be the same outcome. Yeah. What do you think? 100%. It's the Green Bay Packers, man. <laughs> they're the best yeah. team in the NFL. I mean, uh, and you don't get there by accident. So you have to be on your A game because most likely, um, sure as shit, the Packers are going to be on theirs. So, yeah, exactly. So, and, and, you know, the defense did dominate, you know, really the entire game. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them that, you yeah. know, they did dominate. They're, they're, they were probably the one untouchable, um, you know, aspect of this game that I, I really can't criticize at all. Mm -hmm. um, the Cowboys were simply just, to me, they just were not coached very well in this game. Undisciplined. They, undisciplined. They seemed kind of unprepared, to be honest. And they had 14 penalties. And I think there were a few, not just that final, in that final drive, but there were a few plays that were kind of like head scratchers for me personally I don't know if if you felt the same as well but you know I just I wouldn't expect a similar thing to happen to the Packers right and, no and the the Cowboys um had the most penalties in the NFL coming into this game you know the Niners kind of had it easy on that front you knew they're gonna flag themselves out of this one so um, the Packers aren't going to, if anything, the Niners need to make sure that they're not getting penalties on them. Like they did in week three against the Packers, uh, because yeah. that was when I feel like all the troubles with the DPIs started was yeah. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know, going at the numbers and us not able to do things right. So, um, yeah, 100%, it's going to be a way tougher hill to climb. Mm -hmm. as as it will be as they continue to win hopefully right so they need to work on being mistake free uh of course we can talk about jimmy garoppolo's mistakes because it didn't end up 
costing them the game, but it very well could have in that second half. Um, the interception, I it just terrible, terrible timing with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's interception. And we and we've said it before that at this point, you know, we kind of expect him to throw at least one interception in yeah. any game, right? Especially in the playoffs when you know they're playing against you know presumably better defenses so you you figure he he's good for at least one of them but yeah. to throw an interception with 9 minutes left in the fourth quarter that you just can't do that especially when you're on your own uh side of the field that that was just unacceptable to me um and it came on and I understand he had the shoulder injury okay um but it it also came on a not scramble, but he escaped the pocket and he was looking for someone downfield. That was wildly inaccurate um, pass. And okay, yes, it was it was the shoulder probably. But um, I would have, I felt like he would have probably been better off just throwing that one away. Like you don't yeah. have to force things; you just need to. You just need to be able to win the game, you know? And that's um, when we see Jimmy throw picks is when he tries to force it. So yeah. uh, he needs to just, you know, take his time, think about things. I know that's easy for me to say on my couch when I don't have, you know, 300-pound men rushing. They're not 300 pounds. That was dumb. More like, what are they, like, a little over two? Some might be 300. I don't know. Yeah, some of them might be. But, <laughs> uh yeah, it's easy for me to say, but he just uh, just don't make any mistakes, please. Yeah, I mean another mistake, and and this one, you know, I was a little surprised by um, when they had the that QB sneak on fourth and inches. Um, You're talking about Trent at the Williams, end of the game. Yes, Trent Williams yeah. was not set. He, you know, he didn't check to make sure all his guys were set before snapping the ball. And that could have easily been avoided as well. That was what ultimately ended up giving the ball back to the Cowboys and, and yeah. giving them that, that last shot. And again, yeah. if you're playing against Aaron Rodgers and you give him 40 seconds to, to, you know, drive down the field, which at that point, I think it was, it wasn't even the whole, the length of the whole field. It was like, yeah. it was like midway or something like that. Aaron Rodgers is going to score that touchdown and he's going to beat yeah. you because that's what Aaron Rodgers does. So you can't afford to make those mistakes, especially that late in the game when yeah. you're just trying to hold on um, against a good uh, a team as good as the Packers. So, you know, I'm not trying to nitpick on this win. I just, you know, keeping an eye out for things I don't want to see against the Packers. So um, yeah, not to mention the fake punt on special teams. Yes. That's, that's another thing. The special teams unit is like, I just want to pull my hair out because it's they were not prepared the, for it and they still let it happen. <laughs> Josh Norman. I mean, I, I just, I can't, <laughs> I can't with Josh you. Norman. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. God bless you. I cannot. May may blessings rain down upon you and your family. (laughs) Um, But yeah, special teams like definitely has to get their 
their shit together. Of course, the game immediately after you allow a fake punt, you know, you're you're probably going to keep an eye out for that stuff now, right? You're going to key in on on things like that. But, you know, maybe just do that every game, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a thought. Yeah. Do your job. Um, right, right. Um all right, really quickly, we're going to breeze through. We got some fast facts. Um, go ahead, Angie. You got a fast fact for us? I do. Um, I believe it was, again, Jordan Elliott that first pointed this out. Jimmy Garoppolo has the second best career road win percentage since the merger, including the postseason. He's behind Patrick Mahomes and ahead of Joe Montana on the road. Jimmy is 20 and six. That's a 0. 0.769 uh, winning percentage. So did he, did he tweet that one before the game uh, against the Cowboys? Um, Maybe. Yeah. But this stat, the 20 and six is after the win. Cause then okay. um, I think CBS jocked his shit on that one. And then they tweeted it out after the game um, with the, with the current records and everything. So Good job on Jordan getting the attention of CBS Sports. I think they <laughs> copied you. So, yeah, that's crazy. Um, so I'm feeling good about Saturday, despite it being in Lambeau, despite the snow. Uh, Jimmy is the winningest 49ers quarterback on the road in, uh, since the merger in 49ers history. So that's including the season. Yeah, so you have to feel good pretty about good. that, right? Who knows why? Like, I don't know why that makes no sense to me, but it's true. All right. Yeah. I like <laughs> that. That's a good one. Shout out Jordan. Um, mine but is yeah, about really quick. Yeah, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but Christopher did comment. Tell us the one where Jimmy was the reason we won. <laughs> Q QB wins are a subjective statistic. Um, obviously, the team was 20 and six during those times that Jimmy was playing quarterback. Okay. I just wanted to make that clear, Yeah, <laughs> but they are capable of winning on the road with Jimmy. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, that Shanahan running game defense is, is what helps. It all comes together to make this big, beautiful winning tie. I will say that the 49ers, not just on offense, but the entire team uh, in the second half of the season in these last few weeks that they've looked awesome, it, yeah. it really has been a complete team effort, mm -hmm. like all and around. There's they so many like players. They love each other. Yeah, I think they do. They do. Mm -hmm. Come on. They do. <laughs> of course they do. Um Okay, so my fast fact is with uh, about a guy we have not mentioned yet in this episode, and that guy is Elijah Mitchell. Let me uh, let me remove this really quick so you can see. So, eighty-five of Elijah Elijah Mitchell's ninety-six rushing yards versus the Cowboys came after contact. Um, <laughs> so his Elijah Mitchell after contact is the second best. Um, running back <laughs> during wildcard weekend. Uh, the third best being Josh Jacobs, but that, I mean, come on. That, that's crazy. That's, that's pretty, that's pretty good stuff right there. Um, yeah, I like Elijah Mitchell and I hope the pack. Well, no, I don't hope the Packers are ready for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want them to be ready. <laughs> that's um, what kills me about the 49ers. Like, 
dude, you know, they're going to run the ball. Like, how are they winning like this? You know, it's just that good. Yeah. You just can't, nothing stops this train, Angie. <laughs> I should update that. <laughs> the what? train. You remember when I tweeted the train that was like oh my broken God. down oh, yeah. when Jimmy said like this train ain't stopping when they were playing like shit. It was like a, it was like a rusty train. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> How it started, how it's going. You should do that. Ooh, I should, I should. When they you win should. the Super Bowl. Okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, she said when. She said when. As any good fan does. I'm a good I'm a good fan. I'm a Fight. good fan. Damn She's it. a faithful. Um <laughs> I'm <right>. a faithful. <laughs> we had some injury news though after the game. Do you wanna take us through some of that? Oh, yeah. Um I mean we saw it all unfold on the field, right? Nick Bosa has a concussion. They're optimistic he'll be able to play Sunday. That is fantastic news. Jordan Willis has a high ankle sprain. Those aren't good. Uh, Fred Warner has a low ankle sprain. That's much better than a high ankle sprain. Uh, it's much MRI... better than what I – sorry to interrupt, but it was much Dude, better no, than fine. what I thought he had uh, when that happened because – I, I was literally like panicking. Like it literally looked like he tore his ACL or like no lie. Like the other players immediately started kneeling around him. And, yeah. and I was like, this is it. This is well, he's done for the rest of the season. Like he's done for when the playoffs. You, when you see someone clutch their knee on a non-contact like fall yeah. like that, he it's is so done bizarre. for. He is right. like, that's what I thought. Um, but no, uh, the MRI came back great. He was limited Tuesday. But I mean, according to Fred Warner, <laughs> says he's going to be good to go on Sunday. So we are, we're on Warner watch. We're just uh, keeping an eye on him. Jimmy Garoppolo, thumb, shoulder sprain, suffered in second quarter, was limited on Tuesday. So I, want, I have a really quick question for you. Um, mm-hmm. If you had to choose between... Let's start broad and then we can narrow it down depending on what your answer is. If you had to choose between Jimmy Garoppolo, Fred Warner, and Nick Bosa being available for Sunday's game, you can only choose one. Oh, Who wow. would you pick? Oh, wow. Um, that's <laughs> such a great question. Um, oof, that is tough. Um, obviously, like Garoppolo would probably be at the bottom of the list. Damn! Sorry. That's I mean, not just, what I was expecting. Really? Um. Yeah, I mean, just, it's hard. Just, it is hard. Yeah. Like all, of, I mean, all of those players are super important. Um, I would say, I would say Nick Bosa. Okay. I like that answer. Um, <laughs> you ask the tough questions. you got to answer the tough questions. I know. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I, um, it's, it's hard because I feel like everyone stepped up, um, in the game after Warner and Bosa came out. Um, so in that sense, like, I feel like they would be okay, but both of them being out at the same time, I feel would have like a domino effect on the defense, if you know what I'm saying. In front um, of the so I don't game against Rogers and right. And they're going to run the ball a lot. So maybe Trey Lance could be okay. Uh, so I'm going to go Fred Warner. I'm going to go Fred Warner just because I feel like the defensive line fared well 
in Bosa's absence, even though he is such an impact player, I feel like Warner is my answer. Yeah. Final answer. <laughs> Final answer. Regis. Curious to know, curious to know what some of our listeners and, and viewers think. Um, I haven't seen any comments, which means they're probably also struggling with the choice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you had to pick one, just drop it in the comments. We want to know. Um, really quickly, because I know we're we're over an hour here. Um, do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be limited at all by this shoulder injury? Like, should we be concerned? Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's never good uh, when he comes out and says that his throws were affected, yeah. you know, by, cause I know Kyle came out and said, no, like it's not why he threw that pick. And, and, you know, and that was cap turns that out. was cap. It turns <laughs> out because Jimmy said, Oh, you know what? Actually, um, this shoulder that I throw with actually it being hurt did ha- affect me throwing. So, <laughs> yeah, who would, who which think that fancy that. Um, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo literally will play if like his arm is hanging out of socket. Like he's gonna do anything he can to play this game. Right. Who knows if he'll be able to feel anything when he goes out to play this game? They might numb him up good and say how about it i don't know it's i mean there we're at a point now where it's like this is a real run right yeah. like this yeah this is real he, i know that they don't want to throw trey lance out there so right. i think he's gonna be good to go yeah i think and he if will he be isn't, too. i don't know i think he will be too i mean like you said he's gonna gut it out um it's going to take a lot, I think, for him to not be out there. Uh, the only hope is that he can remain as accurate as he usually is. Um, and, you know, we've seen against the Packers that they like to – the 49ers offense likes to run the ball against the Packers. And and I think that in this matchup it should be no different. So yeah. maybe, you know, maybe he won't need to throw all that much. Right. Yeah. Then then again, my concern with that is the Packers are going to be 100% expecting the 49ers to run the ball. And, you know, maybe they might have a good game plan for it. I don't know. Um, I mean, we'll talk about the Packers 49ers um, preview in, in another episode, which we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, hopefully he'll he'll be okay. Now, really quickly, though, before we end our episode, I know there's a lot of um, 49ers front office and and coaches, front office members and assistant coaches that have been getting some phone calls for, you know, GM and and head coaching searches. Um, Adam Peters, assistant GM to John Lynch, he is set to have a second interview with the Giants. So he's a finalist. He's one of three finalists, actually. So I am hoping the other two, like, just interview a lot better. Because um, <laughs> I, mean, I would I would hate to see Adam Peters go. I mean, I, I don't even know what that would mean for the 49ers going forward if they lost are they him. Able, are they able to do, like, a mid-postseason um Oh my God. What's the, I just blinked. What's the word promotion? <laughs> oh my God. Are they able to do a mid postseason promotion and just bump him up to GM throw John Lynch up to VP? 
you know, just yeah. get him I've, to say, please. I've I've seen that suggestion. Su- oh my god, suggestion thrown We're around. Struggling. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen it thrown around, and uh, I think it, they could promote him at any time. And if they, I don't know if they'll do that though. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure. We'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, director of uh, pro player personnel, Rand Carthen, also interviewed with the Giants, but he, so far at least, has not been named as one of the finalists. So he's he's out of that running at least for now. And he, as far as I had heard, he set to interview with the Bears as well. Um, Mike McDaniel's or M- Mike McDaniel, sorry. Um, he's interviewing with the Miami Dolphins for their head coach. And he's been making a lot of like all of a sudden everyone's talking about Mike McDaniel on, on Twitter. He's like loved by everyone because he's such an authentic, (laughs) such an authentic dude. And he just, he exudes energy that I, I think we can all agree. We feel like we can vibe with, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that's why the offense is vibing. Like, yeah. you know with each other at least like on a personal level like they're all just having a lot of fun right now which is cool to see and uh and of course D'Amico Ryans is going to interview with the Vikings for head coach which is kind of crazy to me like he's a first year defensive coordinator you're already but you know um why not interview as many talented coaches as you can I totally get it but literally all day, like I've been seeing all this news the past couple of days and like the song that's playing over in my head is just no, 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 Like, get away, get away, get away, get out of here. <laughs> Stay away from them. Right. But. I know. It's like you want to be happy for them, but then it's like, no, he's mine. Um, yeah. Especially because like D'Amico Ryans, he's only – he's we've only had him as our defensive coordinator for one year i'm like i would hate i would hate for the defense to have to go through you know having another uh defensive coordinator already um but you know we'll see how it plays out obviously we'll we'll talk about it in our next episode as well or next week's episode i should say um you know usually around this time in our episode, we would be doing a preview to the next game, except this episode, we will not be doing that because we're going to have a special edition playoff um, second 49K pod this week. We are going to be live again on Friday with special guest Eric Crocker, who we're very mm-hmm. excited to have on with us on Friday. Make sure you guys tune in Friday 4 p.m. Pacific. That should be a good episode. Yeah, I'm stoked. Crocky's the best, man. I'm so excited uh, he's making time for us because he's a wealth of knowledge. So make sure to tune in on Friday. Um, But that is all for our episode today. Um, I hope you guys had a great time. We still smoking that Cowboys pack. And (laughs) and, uh, congrats again, Angie, on 5K. Oh, my gosh. Hopefully I get my 2K soon. Um, We're trying to get 1,000 subscribers for YouTube. So go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. And that's all for today. Yeah. Peace. Peace.